When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show podcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It is October 11th. 2021, Timothy, Michael, McKernan, Action, Jackson, Virgin, Pringle, Sauce Boss, alongside for QFTA. Uh, Jackson, what's the word? Ah, man, just uh, we're getting into this this college football thing where now like it's going to start getting colder and all I'm going to end up doing is watching football and I'm trying to get in the last bit of outdoor activities I can. That's that's the word. Yeah, Get outdoors while you can. That's my suggestion. I know this is this is the week. This is the week where it changes. Yeah, yeah, the witching hour. The, the, this is the witching hour. Um, but you got your uh, time in Columbia in this past weekend. Got yeah. all intoxicated. Oh yeah, really? Had an orgy too. Tell me about the orgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was thir- No, fourteen people. Nice. There was a uh, yeah. We had some uh, imi- one woman <laughs> imitation crab dip uh, on the table Very nice. next to the sanitation station, and uh, we just kind of got after it. No windows in the room, of Good. course. Good, yeah, no, that's better. Yeah, all doors locked, no ventilation because you want the stank, and that's uh, oh, that's, that's <laughs> you, took, you took it deeper than I was planning, but good for you. Yeah, no, Columbia is great. Every time I go up there, especially on homecoming when there's so many people there, and it's just like good to get that vibe, especially after the pandemic where shit, nothing happened. All right, 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 right. I uh, I've wanted to go to games. I thought, okay, I'll go to the A and M game, and they keep eleven o'clock starting me. It's brutal. And I don't see a home game that's going to be any time after eleven o'clock. I have no idea. That's what I was about to say. I, it's a, it's an eleven o'clock festival, and it I I don't know why I put this disclaimer on it over and over, but I do because I know it drives hardcore Missouri fans up the wall when people talk about the eleven o'clock start time. Mm-hmm. But it is a real thing. Yeah, no. it is a real factor. You may not like it. Yeah. You might say, well, they're not a good fan base. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It is a real thing. And I hate it for the program because it has a trickle-down effect. Oh, yeah. It's and a trickle-down effect on enthusiasm, which then has a trickle-down effect on um, attendance, which then has a trickle-down effect on revenue. And if you would have told anybody... And we talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. in pretty much in a lot of detail. I, th- I, th- I think I, I don't know. I don't listen to, we were talking about that before we started recording here. I don't listen to, and I don't think you necessarily listen to a lot of local Mm-mm. conversation. Um, but I think just because it's rare in St. Louis for someone to give what I think, of course, who, who thinks they aren't giving measured opinions. Uh, so obviously I think I'm giving a measured opinion on Eli Drinkwitz in the Missouri football program program before it started. But I think I was in the minority or perhaps one of the only people with a, you know, platform of whatever, yeah. I don't know, 
decent size, saying, I don't get the Drinkwitz thing. Doesn't mean I'm against him. Yeah. I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. So, taking ourselves back to what was the date of the Central Michigan game? Uh, September September 2nd, I think? September 2nd or 3rd. Okay. And now it's October 11th. And where things were is the ball went in the air against Central Michigan and where things are now. It's, uh, I mean, to say like different worlds would not be doing it justice because that was my point. Yeah. One, one that was my point. We were contemplating if they were going to win more or less than seven games, and it was like either going to be seven or eight. Now uh, it's a race. Gangster Pete was under. He was under. Yeah. He's, he's, he knows the Tigers better than anybody. So I think he knew, but, but I don't that, think that's anyone my premise. Saw this. So, so I hope it gives, I, yeah, nobody. No. I, and it's not, it's not like I was saying they were going to be bad. No. Like when Pete said under seven, I think he meant like six. Yeah, it's not like I thought I I, I, I thought it could be two and two, but I didn't I didn't see uh-uh. two and three and the and the way it went down against Tennessee. That's oh, the thing. Because I mean, yeah. hey, you know what? Let me tell you something. If they were five and one and their only loss was seven in Lexington, considering where Kentucky is at this moment, yeah, you'd be going. And you know what? They minus the Tennessee thing. Now I know we're not we can't take that off the table, but they yeah. were there against Boston College. They were losing yeah. the they were winning into the final minute. Yep. Um it was there. Yep. The Tennessee thing is the thing where you go, what in yeah. the world? That's, That's the only one of the whole thing where I go, what in the world? Now listen, the defense has been bad and at all, but what in the world in the whole thing? And I just can't figure it out. And when then the Tennessee thing, then it's like, okay, is this thing gonna to give up that many points to North Texas? I'm, I'm the number, the spread on this A&M game. God, there have been a handful of times in my betting career. One was 99 against K-State, which for hardcore Missouri fans, they know about. And mm-hmm. I think that was, look up 1999 Missouri, Kansas State while I pontificate. Um, that was one where, if I'm not mistaken, Larry Smith, who was the coach at the time, his wife went came down on the sidelines and started yelling oh. at the team. I think it was either 55. I'm going to go 55, nothing. That's where I move my action in. I get 55, nothing in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, 66, nothing. I was 66. I knew it was a repetitive number. And I remember I was working in television. She came down and yelled at the players for not trying. Oh, and I remember I was working in Little Rock. Arkansas was having a good year. They went to the Cotton Bowl and beat Texas that year. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and I remember, you know, I was a weekend anchor at the CBS affiliate. And I remember the guy who was the weekend assignment desk guy, he gambled and he goes, any games you like? And I go, I don't have a lot of money. You know, yeah. 22 at the time. I don't have a lot of money, 22, 23. I don't have a lot of money, but if I had, I would bet everything I have on Kansas state against Missouri today. And I remember him coming back in the sports office going, boy, you steered me the right way today, man. <laughs> that it was now. I don't have the same feeling. I want to make that clear on this Texas A&M thing because we have to contextualize Texas A&M before Saturday night in College Station. They were considered an absolute dumpster fire themselves. Yeah. So they got up for it. You know, I think Missouri would get up for Saturday night at home in front of, you know, packed house against Alabama. Have to. You know, if they can get a game other than 11 o'clock. Yeah. But, uh I will text saying I'm have a letdown. Well, there's their, you know, their quarterback got hurt at the end of the game. I don't know. So I don't, I, but I, for the life of me, the fact that Texas A&M is only favored by eight points. Yeah. 
blows my mind. Yeah. And before kickoff, the number will probably go up. because I would think, think, but it, did, it went down to seven and a half initially, which makes me wonder if they're just like whales betting. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's so obvious. Yeah. It is so obvious. Mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. I, I mean, yeah. I try not to bet on like bet material dollars on Missouri games I because I, I inevitably emotion is going to come into play. I bet a little on them against North Texas this week. Obviously, it didn't work out since they haven't covered one game yet no, this year. No, and haven't really been close in a lot. Most yeah. of them. Uh, they were. I suppose they were close Central this week, Michigan. but yeah, but uh, you know they keep giving up touchdowns. So mm-hmm. they, they they're covering and then they're not. And then they're covering and then they're not. A and M might not have a great offense. But it doesn't necessarily need to be great to get through the Missouri defense. If they, if their running back can move forward with any sort of pace, <laughs> I just should be able to coast for a couple TDs. So I, I Tyler, if Tyler Beatty has one of the greatest games ever, I mean that's that's because that's it. That's all you got. But then you pray for a shootout. Like that's all you can really do is pray for a shootout. I just don't know. I have no idea. And the the forecast is favorable. I don't know. I don't know what the. I have no idea what to make of the fact that Texas. Texas A&M could have lost Alabama by three touchdowns. Yeah. And I would have said, no, Texas A&M would be fair by 12 to... So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's one of the more curious numbers I've seen in the... In the Mizzou-wise. Really Mizzou-wise. I get the Georgia hosting Kentucky 22 and a half. That is... I would have said it around three yeah. touchdowns, even though I know it's rare to see a team number 11 in the country that... But you saw the gap between Georgia and Arkansas, Arkansas when Arkansas was top 10. in Athens. In Athens. So, but yeah. ah, Kentucky's biggest wins this year have been at home. Yes. I think, yeah, you know, Florida was at home and uh, LSU, LSU is which, at, is, which is whatever, whatever, different, it's, but it's, it's a brand. It's Lexington. not a team anymore. And we saw what happened when Arkansas, who beat Texas, neutral site, but definitely not a road game. And then A&M, you know, A&M at home or A&M. Was that A&M was at, A&M was in Dallas. A&M right? was at Dallas. Texas was at Arkansas. And then they went to Athens and got right. destroyed. I just so. think Georgia's playing at another level. Georgia is. That defense is just. Like, it's crazy. And it feels like sometimes they were like, hey, we're not, not going to run it up today. Right. We'll put this number on you. And, and it works. And we don't need, we are not going to get hurt. I mean, And you're not going to score. Either. Right. So, like, Georgia is something else. What was else. the final on that Georgia-Auburn game this past weekend? Uh, I'm pulling it up. Georgia, 34-10. Yeah, they won by 24 points. So the yeah, fact they even scored 10 is, is a miracle. Yeah, because I Arkansas, think that was right around what the total was, too. The total was 50 and a half. Total was 50 and a half? Oh, the total. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking spread. No, the total was probably right around 54 yeah, or 55. Somebody, oh, you think it was that high? Really? I would have thought it would be like in the 40s. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I know that they were favored by sitting here. 15 and a half points, and that was no sweat. Let's see what we got. Georgia, Auburn, over, under. Let's see, forty six. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I was off. Uh, all right, so we got that. We I, I got a lot of questions on the NFL in St. Louis. I think that's kind of what this one's going to be about. Okay, uh, I got an ultrasound in an hour and sixteen minutes. Not me. Uh, my wife has one, but yeah. I will be there, and uh, therefore I need to. Uh, I will focus on one topic. Although I know there's some good questions that I've got. I just never can get through them all. Um, so who knows where the hell we'll go? As I say this, and things could wind up changing. But uh, I want to thank Ryan Kelly for his sponsorship of this thing. We are now into the fourth year of this podcast, October 1st, 2017. And Ryan Kelly has been there from the beginning, the home loan expert. Online at thehomeloanexpert.com. If you're buying a home, if you're refinancing, make sure you go to thehomeloanexpert.com. You get pre-approved, quick, fast, in a hurry. Or rates are at 50-year lows. I refinanced last year. I feel like I need to refinance again this year. 
as much as I saved last year, I could save even more this year. That's how important it is to do it and do business with the HomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly. Uh, and once you buy a home, you're getting insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. He is celebrating his 10th anniversary, and that is coming up with a party on October 22nd in downtown Webster Groves, 34 North Gore, Gore, North Gore. and uh, I want all the listeners to come out and enjoy it. He's got a band playing, and he is going to uh, have uh, craft beer there. It'll be a nice Friday afternoon, fall Friday afternoon. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. It's the Voodoo Players plan, and it's uh, James Carlton celebrating his 10th anniversary. Tip of the cap to him for his success. He is my insurance agent. I recommend him wholeheartedly. And Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson at Munganass, stlouisaccurate.com, altontoyota.com. Uh, even if you didn't get your car at Munganass, you can get your car serviced at Munganass. My wife has done that. I know Iggy has done that. Uh, we recommend it in a major way. Doug has done that. stlouisaccurate.com, altontoyota.com. Plus, they have more than 300 pre-owned cars you can shop for right now at stlouisaccurate.com, altontoyota.com. It's Munganass, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. So, I mean, Jackson... I have, I don't know how many emails here, and they're all from today mm. um, with regard to the NFL in, in St. Louis. Yeah. So there, it's kind of a common theme. It's just going to, but I'll, I'll read, I'll, I guess I'll read, uh, I'll read what I have here. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on what seems to be this opinion that St. Louis doesn't want a team. Seems like the guy whose hot girlfriend broke up with him and he says he didn't want her in the first place. What's the psychology behind that? It feels like classic inferiority complex and overcompensating for the shortfalls of the city, not very well-developed thought, but would like your opinion. Uh, that comes from one. Uh, let's see. Hey, Tim, I was podcasting today's show and heard you mention Jeff Bezos is interested in buying the Washington football team. Now that you mention all of the Washington Post pieces on Dan Snyder, I can definitely see that, but was hoping you could lay out a nice narrative and fill us dumbs in. Um uh, right now, actually, the latest one is that uh, Bezos is going to buy the Broncos. Oh, wow. Um, that's the newest one, or is in the mix for it. Wasn't Stan always trying to get the Broncos? That would not work with uh, only oh, the Rams. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, uh, I know he has all the Denver sports, but I thought before he got in with the Rams, he was trying uh, possibly. to get... That would, that would, um, but uh, Bezos, uh, by the way, owns the Washington Post. That's why that's uh-huh. that, that, that has been something to witness. Yes, I think he wants to buy an NFL team, which gets us into, which will get us, this is just going to be a fire starter for the whole topic. Um, but uh, let's see. So anyway, to answer your question, uh, Austin, um, yeah, he wants to buy an NFL team. Number one, I think the plan was to shake Daniel Snyder out of the tree mm-hmm. uh, and he just wouldn't give up. And it was so, from my standpoint anyway, and I approached media with skepticism. Um, I guess I got some credibility last week. Here we go. Adderall sessions. We're going to go veering off the road. There we go. But I said on Wednesday before the Cardinals played the Dodgers that if the Cardinals are to beat the Dodgers, which might seem like 20 years ago to you now at this point, you won't hear about the Cardinals beating the Dodgers. You will hear about baseball needs to do something about this playoff format because a 106-win team lost one game and they're done. Yeah. And in the first inning of the game, when the Cardinals took the lead, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it was brought up. Yeah, there And people are like, man, you nailed it. I'm getting emailed like, you nailed it. You know the Cardinals are going to win this thing. And you called it. And it's look at this and tweets. 
and you know, I, I, I didn't nail anything. It was an obvious observation yeah. to me. So along the same lines of, I guess, I guess from working in media and then seeing how media is operating now, I guess I can see a couple plays ahead, which makes it look like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, a sharp, so to speak with this stuff. But to me, it's so obvious. And so while I guess the stories on what were at the time, the Washington Redskins and the culture there and Dan Snyder, even though I'm reading the stories and I'm like, I don't think Snyder has anything to do with the criticism of the stuff that they're reporting. Mm -hmm. It was all done. I think as a way to get him to sell the team Mm -hmm. or be forced to sell the team. Like what happened with Jerry Richardson and the Carolina Panthers. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. And it was so fucking obvious to me. Um, and he just wouldn't, that's kind of the move now. The move is to not apologize. Yeah. The move is to not give up the ship. Yeah. People have seen people stay in power, not apologize, just continue to move the goalposts and go, shit. I mean. No one's stopping them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to hold on. So Dan Snyder still owns the team. So I think that Bezos uh, has uh, turned his attention to the Broncos. The Broncos, similar to the Chargers, have a family infight going on with yeah. how to handle that situation. And that charger situation uh is this uh email that i received next hey tim as i'm currently listening to segment two of today's show the radio show y'all are talking about forcing the chargers to sell and forcing the move here i want to just i I know the person isn't looking to put words in my mouth but for the purpose of clarifying for those of you who didn't hear the segment that is not what we said um and i know he's not saying that we're saying that but i was talking about you know the article we read from pro football talk today written by mike florio talks about giving St. Louis as a settlement for this lawsuit, which we will get into here, uh, an NFL team in 5, 10, 15 years. And I said, giving a team, an NFL team in 15 years, or giving a yeah. city, I mean, you know, I mean, shit. We're struggling now. Like we need- Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that, that was really odd. Yeah. And I, but I think the issue is the NFL might not want to expand that quickly and, and then be at 33 teams. And yeah. so what I said was, I don't know what the the arrangement is in Los Angeles, so I want to make that clear. And anything, and, and and almost anything I'm about to say in this podcast, make it clear and underline it. So even when somebody does post, "Hey, did you hear what Tim McKernan said?" Then you, the listener, can say, "Well, he did say this is, you know, it's it's almost like a, a poker hand. It is like a poker hand, truly, metaphorically, though. I can." Use clues. Yeah, that's that, and that's that's yeah. kind of how you have to operate. One hundred percent. But it doesn't mean it's the truth. It doesn't mean I can call out Jackson is holding Ace King. You yeah. know, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. hey, based on this. So, I said, it would seem to me if it would make sense for all parties involved, moving the Chargers to St. Louis could be the solution. Yeah. Because we'd be happening much more quickly than yes. an expansion team. And I would, you know, the Doug and I have always debated the, and I just, I mean, I obviously think I'm right. Otherwise, I wouldn't debate it. Um, he thinks that Stan Kroenke wants to have the Chargers as a tenant, and it makes money for him. And, and yes, maybe somehow there is some kind of rev share there in which it works, and, you know, I don't know. I think the rent is nominal as in like, I think, why don't you look that up real quickly? Well, I'm in pontificating mode because I've heard different things on this thing. Point being is this. It doesn't matter what the rent is. It doesn't matter what the rev share is. You remember less than and greater than from grade school? It is greater than 
for Stan Kroenke to have the LA NFL market to himself than whatever he is getting from the Chargers. He's, he doesn't have the Chicago Bears there or the New York Giants there, or the Dallas Cowboys there. He has the Chargers, yeah. kind of a woebegone franchise that, you know, has no footing in Los Angeles. And even though San Diego is only, depending on traffic, a couple hours away, the people of San Diego has very little interest in supporting an L.A. franchise and Dean Spanos. What do you have there? Because I had some people say, no, it's a dollar. Yeah, I'm reading here that both the Rams and the Chargers pay a dollar in rent to the parent company, the controlling entity, Stadco L.A. LLC. Which is the steamer. Yeah, and then they make a percentage of the PSLs. So that's why when the Chargers PSLs were right. minuscule, that's... That's why Stan was pissed. Yeah. Um. So with that said, so this email goes on to say after that, and I just wanted to clarify there, and I know this person is putting words in my mouth. He's acting honorably, but I just want to clarify. Here is an article from earlier this year where some of the Spano siblings are fighting over control of the Chargers and filed a lawsuit to sell the team which if they win, then moving them out of L.A. could be possible. And it's in a Los Angeles Times article, and I read, and it's from April of 2021. The allegations leveled by the sister of Chargers owner Dean Spanos in a Thursday court filing are stunning and sobering. The document, which aims to force a sale of the team, paints a bleak picture of the family finances and internal conflicts. Perhaps the most eye-opening part of the document is the included signed letter from Spanos to his siblings, in which he vows to retain an investment bank within 30 days of the end of the 2024 season, the team's fifth at SoFi Stadium, to sell the club. So uh, it goes on to talk about how there is a fight amongst the siblings and they want to have their share of uh, the team's um, value and you know how this will all play out. So if that is the case, that could wind up being the great solution. Yeah. Um, now, Allow me to reemphasize something I will probably say a few more times over the course of this podcast. No one has told me that. I do think it is of note, and I say no one, I mean literally no one. I do think it is of note. The only one, I think, here's another thing with this, with this whole story. It has clearly become a good business to yeah. talk about the St. Louis lawsuit, which is another thing that has changed quite a bit since the beginning of September. At the time, no one was talking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think our show played a role in that. Our show having Mike Florio on and then Mike Florio tweeting about it and tweeting the segment saying, how come nobody in the national media is covering it? Yep. Was the thing that then that got the national media to go, oh shit, he's talking about me. And he has 1.7 million followers. That was the domino. Yep. I'm not saying, look, we, you know, yep. we were talking about best fries and lesbianism half the time. Yeah. So it just so happened. Yeah. Um, chain reactions, but it was a domino effect. It mm -hmm. wasn't us. It was Florio's tweet. And the tweet was essentially what we were asking for a long time, which shows how much power we have, but why is nobody covering it? Well, now we knew the answer and Florio knows the answer too. Yeah. He was on our show saying it, yeah. they are in bed with the NFL. Yeah. But now that people are realizing St. Louisans will pay attention to it and therefore it leads to traffic a lot of people are starting to talk about it. Now it's good business to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, even though still certain people aren't talking about it. Oh, Not a yeah. coincidence. Yeah. So with that all said, um, I think you have a lot of people talking about it who don't know what the hell's going on. Sure. Because I can't imagine that anybody who really knows what's going on is talking about it. Keep in mind, this litigation has been going on since 2017. 
it's only starting to get national attention over the last month. And even locally, some people were not paying attention to it. Um, I'm, you know, anytime it's redundant, it's so self-indulgent, but I kind of don't care because it's the biggest story that I think we'll ever cover on our show. We were on it. We were on it when it was starting up and we were on it with regards to litigation. I've been hashtagging things 30 for 30 from probably January of 2016. Yeah. Um, We were on it and it shows good judgment Mm -hmm. and that's not me. That's the group on, on the radio show. Um, and not, and also not scared to talk about something that was unpopular at the time to talk about and, or, well, I think it's just going to be settled or I think it's or not necessarily settled because yeah. settles, I think is how it's going to go down also. Um, or, uh, it'll never get, it'll never go anywhere. Yeah, not dismissing it. Right. That's, that's the right way to say it. Thank yeah. you, Jackson. So, um, with that said, I think now you have people getting into the business of talking about it who now then act like they know what they're talking about. And so things are being tossed around that may or may not be true. And I'm not saying people are doing it with malicious intent. I'm just telling you this. That's the thing I want to focus on, like the Taylor Twelman Chargers tweet. That happened. Uh-huh. That's Taylor Twelman. That's not guy looking to build his business. No. That's not guy looking to build a name in media. That's Taylor Twelman, who doesn't need it, mm-hmm. saying that St. Louis has been offered to the Chargers. That... There had to be something there. Certainly. You know, th- yeah. there just had to be. There's no, yeah, he's not gaining anything by the, throwing that out right. there. That, that's, I don't know what, Yeah, but I just know it happened. Uh-huh. Um, the Spanos thing here happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's from the Los Angeles Times, which you might be surprised to hear, hasn't really covered the St. Louis litigation. No. Um, so, you know, this, this, this happened. Um, so that's what I want. I want to operate on what we know to be true yeah. versus where would they build the stadium? Well, I'm hearing this. You're not, you're not hearing anything no. because you know, another, another thing that happened, the litigation was filed in 2017 and it's been going on for four years without anybody talking. So why in the world would these people start talking now? Uh, and I, by that, I mean the people being the St. Louis lawyers. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's a phenomenon of social media and I'm not saying, I'm sure I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you could point to 10 things where I've done it, but on this one, I'm just, I'm, I suppose I'm asking for some semblance of a reality check. It's not, it, what, what goes on is leaked documents. That's what goes on. But as far as people and people trying to frame the narrative, the current Rams, Demoff, Kroenke, NFL thing is to frame Judge McGraw as being, it's a hometown advantage. This has been going on for four years. It's the first time you're hearing about the hometown advantage. Uh, so you know when you read that, where that's coming from. Yeah. And then you look into the person who wrote it, and they are oftentimes conducting some kind of business for the NFL. You can see that. You will mm-hmm. be able to see that. You'll be able to look up columns written on this now, and then, then type in the person's name who wrote it, and then look at their resume, yeah. and they have a tie to the National Football League. Uh, that is, or a team in the NFL. It's not a coincidence. I like that. Now, this is more of a speculative, but putting the hand together. I like it because that means they're scared. You don't run a misinformation campaign if you're convinced you're going to win yeah. with the truth. Yeah. Um, so, with all of that said, and all of the questions that continue to be out there, we got this one on the TMA fan page, which I kind of feels like is is I kind of feel like is the one that can get the whole discussion going. Um, let's see. 
If you had financing, would you make the Rams 30 for 30? I realize it would never see the light of day on ESPN, but pretend that that's not an issue. Yes, 100%. 100%. And now, I'm, I, I used to think, well, the issue is going to be, it's going to be like guy in St. Louis complaining interviews. Crocky isn't talking. Mm-mm. Goodell's not talking. Jerry Jones isn't talking. And now, there's at least a chance, in the way Mike Florio writes it, that doesn't mean that it's the way that it is, that the, Florio writes, this thing is is going to trial. I still, like if you said, got to bet $100, I would bet that it does not go to trial. Mm. But I'm not going, again, I'm operating in probabilities. I'm not saying it is not going to trial. I'm saying you got to bet. I'll go 65-35. It's not going to trial. So what does that mean? That I think there will be a settlement. Um, do I think the settlement includes an NFL team? No, I do not. Um, does it does, I mean I absolutely don't think we're getting an NFL team in St. Louis? No, that doesn't mean that either. Again, I'm operating in probabilities. So yeah. this is not something in say Tim McKernan on his podcast. This is in probabilities. This is in speculation. This is in reading tea leaves. By the way, I want to make that crystal clear. I don't think a lot of people who are talking about it necessarily know. No disrespect intended. For sure. I just don't think that that's, I don't think, it's just not the way this stuff. No. <laughs> Especially with legal cases. It's just not the way. No. Yeah, it's you can out. blow something up that you've worked so hard on just so you can like talk to guy who has Twitter account. Yeah. It's or, not the way the world works. No. It just isn't. It just isn't. You know who you can tell is winning the case? The one who's leaking information to try to frame the narrative otherwise because they're concerned. They're losing. That's how it works. But that doesn't mean that people are necessarily talking. So, um, you know, the Business Journal had the story last week of Kevin Demoff's confidential email in which he said something along the lines of relocation, including relocations, is one of the Rams' options. How did they suddenly get this confidential email? Yeah. How they get I mean, I'll let right you now. answer that for yourself. <laughs> but, and listen, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, because it, it, it's kind of, I guess in a way it's what I've done. So if I were to go into somebody else's area of, of work, I'd be flying blind, even obviously attorneys, and they can use terms. And I'm like, what the fuck's that mean? You know, it's not what I do. But media... And the manipulation of media and having had plenty of conversations with people involved in this thing over the years, it's like, so it's like, oh yeah, fine. I call, you know, it's like, I don't even, and then like somebody goes, how the hell do you know what they had? And I go, well, I mean, I've been playing the game a long time. Yeah. I kind of, you know, it's not that I'm, it's not that I have a sixth sense. I've been doing it for a long, I've been following this for a long time. I know the game. Um, I'll tell another, what the hell? Why not tell another story to kind of give you an idea of like how I knew how to look at it. I don't know if I've ever told you this one. And this will really titillate you considering you were delusional Rams fan guy in the teens. Yeah. Do you remember the Jeff Fisher hiring? 2012. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you remember how the whole process went with Fisher? All I remember is Spags was canned right at the end of the 2011 season. And then the search, I guess Fisher was still like, it was in the fall of the Titans. But he had been let go. Yeah. So he was a free agent. He was a free agent. He might've been a free agent for a whole year too. I I was thinking he like missed a year between the Titans and the Rams. Right. Um, 
And then was Les Snead hired that year as well, or is that later? Snead was uh, hired after Fisher. Okay. But here's, here's what I'm going with it. What happened with Fisher was he was the prize free agent. He yeah. was the prize free agent of the offseason. And um, everybody thought he was going to come here. But then all of a sudden, the Dolphins, and who knows, they've been going through coaches left and right. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins got in the mix. And then he went and visited there. And then for a few days, there was drama as to uh, what Jeff Fisher would decide. Well, the whole time he was coming to St. Louis. Hmm. But the drama was created so it could look like it was a big coup for St. Louis to get Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Jeff Fisher represented by Marvin Demoff. Hmm. So when I, when I tell these stories... And they sound fantastic, I suppose. And by that, I mean like... Yeah, you're, like a tale. Like it sounds... Like I was saying to Jackson before we started recording, if I wrote a book about what... The TMA history, mm -hmm. people would go, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And that to me is the 30 for 30 on the Rams in St. Louis. Yeah. It has... Because, man, when you're talking about billions of dollars and you're talking about one of the great American cartels, anything's in play. Yeah. Anything and Seriously. everything's in play. Yeah, nothing's out of bounds. I don't know. I, well, I do know. But it's still weird enough that I've had people who are covering this say, if I end up, if I disappear. Now, they're joking. It's kind of gallows humor. Yeah. But they're like, I know this is pissing off some powerful people. Uh-huh but I have an obligation to cover it. Yeah. Um, that's how big this is. Yeah. And the 30 for 30 initially was a St. Louis thing when I was hashtagging everything for 30 for 30. Um, but now, and so much, so much of it truly does, does go back to Mike Floria, which is kind of crazy. Um, and I think it was a tweet on in late September, maybe September 21st, 2021, um, about how come the national media is not covering it, which then led to some, not all by any means covering it, that now there is awareness of this. Yeah. We've played the clip from, uh, Boomer Esiason's show on WFAN, uh -huh. um, and, uh, the, and, and the, the guy on, uh, the, I think it was the ticket or maybe it's ESPN in Dallas, either the way. The flagship station for the Cowboys. Cowboys. And they have Jerry Jones on every week. And they asked yeah. Jerry Jones about it. That does not happen without Mike Florio's tweet. Yep. It just doesn't. Yeah, I because again, the litigation has been going on for four years and you didn't hear anybody talking about it. Now we were talking about it yeah. and all these things kept getting settled, but this was the big one. This was the one, this was the knockout punch. And when I interviewed Dave Peacock and when Jay Nixon sat in this exact chair in here, and they would kind of shadow box my questions, not because they were being assholes, but because they kept saying, well, I can't say this because of the lawsuit. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're just getting out of talking about it. And I get it. And I respect that. It's, and it's, it is a truthful answer. But I think they knew that there is this, because in my mind, when they would say it, I'm like, yeah, these things are just getting settled for like, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, 10, $20 million, huge amount of money. But for the steamer, it's like, yeah, it's like me peeling off a check for 20 bucks. It's yeah. like, whatever. So I'm like, okay, you're just using that as a convenient. Well, no, the monster was always out on the horizon and now it's coming in. 
But now the NFL is having to deal with the fact that more people are talking about it. So I think what the hope has been, Jackson, is that it would somehow eventually get dismissed. Yeah. Now that it hasn't, and now that we are within three months of a trial, which is amazing. Crazy. It really is. (laughs) That's the moment when it didn't get dismissed, the summary judgment, that the people who I would consider in the know when it comes to the Rams and the St. Louis litigation, not the people involved. I want to make it clear. I don't want to ever portray I have an inside source on this. Thought, okay, that's when there'll be a settlement. And it'll be a check. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing about a team, just don't see it. But who knows? Maybe it will be. Maybe they're like, you know, St. Louis is, you have Orlando and Portland is the only two markets big, in, is assuming you don't count Sacramento as basically in the 49ers footprint. Yeah. And Orlando isn't, you know, it, 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 that can't happen with Tampa, country. Jacksonville, and Miami. No, not four, um, four teams. Yeah, so uh, Portland really is the only market that is bigger, and it only became bigger than St. Louis recently, mm-hmm. uh, that, that doesn't have an NFL team. Yeah. NFL team. Everything, everybody else above has an NFL team or is within shouting distance of an NFL franchise. Sarah Perino yeah. with 49ers in Oakland. They're not going to put a third team in that area. No. And obviously the Florida situation. Everybody else, and I guess you could make a case Portland and Seattle, but that's a stretch. Far. Yeah. Uh, especially with Portland only having one of the four big franchises. So uh-huh. with that all said, I have operated on the premise that as much as I want to see this go to trial, I don't know if that day will ever come. But if it does, and you actually have testimony public, and it goes public, well, now you have a 30 for 30, and now you have the interest of the country. You cannot be ESPN and not cover this. If these guys are walking through downtown St. Louis for this trial. Yeah. You cannot not cover it. Double negative. You cannot not cover it. You have to cover yeah. it. Uh, all of these guys who have their bread buttered, and I get it, by the way. I'm not angry about that. Yeah. You know, I don't happen to have that situation at this moment in my career, but I kind of, I guess, have, I guess, I have, I guess, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. I'm kind of lucky that I haven't where you're like, oh, I work for this outlet and they're you know, the rights holder of this place. You're in a spot and you can get angry at those people if you want. But if that's how you feed your family, it's not to say that you lie to people, but selective. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's not limited to St. Louis. This goes on everywhere. Mm -mm. So I, the same thing with the NFL. I get it. I get it. Florio is operating in a different realm. um, When it comes to this stuff, he is uh, a lone wolf on it. But he has been for a while. And I just know, and I've told it before, that whenever we would have uh, Demoff on, he would just say, don't send the audio to Florio. So I don't know what the history is there. I just know that happened. I know that happened because I was the one on the other end of the phone. Yeah. So again, I speak to this from a place of experience, and I'm only going to speak on the things that I know. Um, But, you know, I appreciate... uh, the audience, and not just even TMA audience, but people in St. Louis understanding, mm-hmm. not even understanding, um, appreciating the work we have done on this show um, for years on this thing. And that when we talk about it, we're not just like getting caught up. I mean, no. We've been on it for approaching a decade. It'll be 10 years, January, 2022. But that whole thing with Fisher was designed to make it look like it was a big coup for St. Louis. Yeah. And in, in the back of my mind, which, 
you know, for most people, I think now is at the front of their mind. Well, he moved a franchise and he was hired to move another one. Yeah. And knew at that time that it was likely that he was going to be moving. And I know there were reports that he was asked that. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, and, 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 and as a matter of fact, I think he was on my podcast and we discussed it. I know, yeah. I know he was on my podcast. I think in the podcast, I asked if that came up, but he downplayed it's important. He goes, I don't remember, you know, everything that came up. So, you know, why is the NFL even in this position? The NFL is in this position because you have 32 incredibly wealthy people. And if you've ever dealt with it, you're talking about though barons. Yeah. You're talking about like 32 heads of the family. Yeah. But even if you've dealt with like millionaires, and I'm not downplaying being a millionaire, but even if you dealt with millionaires, there's just a different, and I'm not talking about, oh, you respect them because they're a millionaire. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying this. They're used to getting their way. Most of, most of them are used to getting their way when they're dealing with the non-millionaires. Yeah. And in the, if the non-millionaires push back, the millionaire squashes them. Mm-hmm. Now, add some zeros to get to the billionaires. A lot of zeros. And they're just not used to this. Yeah. They didn't expect this. Mm-mm. And in talking with somebody, this is sourced, uh, and this this is probably going back more than a year now. They said, "I think the NFL is just, you know, going. How in the hell is this not getting tossed out? How is this? How yeah. is this little thing turning into this big problem?" Mm-hmm. They thought they could just do whatever they wanted to do. Yep. And that is the crux of the thirty for thirty. You see, you tell this. You tell, you tell the story of. Uh, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills, for example, situation and whatever they've dealt with in Buffalo and they, they've got a situation going on mm-hmm. or, you know, take your pick of the Vikings eventually building their stadium or what's going on in Chicago right now, the Chicago situation or the Oilers becoming the, the, you know, the Memphis initially, then yeah. the Nashville Oilers, then the Tennessee Titans. Well, then they got it, you know, the, the, the Modell thing with the Browns, the Ravens, yeah. That's, those are important there, just like this is important here. But everybody else kind of goes, oh, you know, and then especially with St. Louis, you had the Cardinals and you had the Rams. You couldn't support them, and the Rams belong there. And it's L.A., and you're St. Louis. Yeah. You know, that's that. And listen, you can get mad at it as a St. Louisan, but, you know, you can't change it. That's reality. Yeah. The perception is the reality for the people. So what ropes people into the actual story the NFL operating like a cartel, the NFL op- operating like the monopoly that it is and just holding cities hostage. Yeah. And that's, that's where you wrote people in and here's what they did here and here's what they did here and here's what they did here and here's what they did here. Fast forward to January, 2016 and you show them all walking into the hotel in Houston mm-hmm. and then you show fast forward to January 2022, and here's Roger Goodell walking through the streets of downtown St. Louis with his attorney. And here's Jerry Jones walking through the streets of downtown St. Louis with his attorney. And here's Stan Kroenke and Kevin Demoff. And here's Clark Hunt, owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, the one guy who voted for Carson. Why did he do that? You know, it wasn't because, you know, think, just let's just go into all of it. Let's talk about it all. And now let's have a real conversation about what took place because now you've applied to something that everybody can relate to. I'm a fan of this franchise. Shit. Could it happen to me? You know, uh, Houston's a huge city. Mm -hmm. It's not like Houston's, you know, can be labeled like a St. Louis, Detroit, Cleveland situation. 
Houston's a huge city. They and lost growing. their NFL franchise. Exactly. They lost their NFL franchise. Um, so how can this continue to happen if the NFL does have guidelines? The NFL saying the guidelines aren't rules. St. Louis is saying they're rules. That's the crux of the matter. That's how you tell the story. Mm-hmm. And there is a story to tell. Big time. So with that all said, uh, if I could do it, absolutely I would do it. I would love to, as far as passion projects go, something I would do just to do, I would do that. Here's the three for you. Calling Cardinal Baseball. Somebody mm-hmm. was asking about Bob Costas calling Cardinal Baseball and wanted me to ask Bob Costas if he would call Cardinal Baseball. This is a thread on the fan page. I don't have, even if I did have the relationship with Bob Costas like I do, for example, with Joe Buck, Yeah, it's not something, and I know the person, you know, wasn't like really thinking I would reach out to Bob Costas, but, you know, but I said, I'll tell you what, I could do it. It's, it's the only, I know it might sound fucking crazy. First off, I can't do it because I just said fuck right there. <laughs> They'll never hire me. I'm well aware of this godless sexual deviant cannot be hired to call Cardinal games, but could I do it? Absolutely. And do I think I would do a great job? I do. Could I call Atlanta Braves baseball? Absolutely not. Could I call Colorado Rockies baseball, Los Angeles Dodgers, New York Yankees? No, no, no. Could I call St. Louis blues hockey? Absolutely not. Could I call Rams football? Absolutely not. Could I call Missouri football, Missouri basketball? Absolutely not. Cardinal baseball. I could do it. And I think I could do a hell of a job at it. I really truly do but I couldn't get hired. I would do that for nothing because that's why I'm sitting here as Cardinal baseball. And so my memory would just go into like Vin Scully monologues, um, which I think some people would really like, but I'm not hireable because I'm a, you know, whatever I am. Yeah. Um, Second, uh, passion project, just writing about what's really happened with the show over 17 years. Just to kind of <laughs> set the record straight. Unfortunately, yeah. some of the bad guys that you think are bad guys are bad guys. And then it'd be weird because some of the good guys you think are good guys aren't necessarily good guys. And then that's a little awkward. So uh, there's there's that part of the story. Uh, but I would love to just be able to say, and that would be certainly entertaining. And I think a lot of people think it's fictitious, um, but I would love to do that. And then the third one would be the 30 for 30. I would I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, and maybe, maybe someday there actually will be a 30 for 30. I used to kind of just do it. It was just kind of doing it like a joke. Yeah. It might not be like a 30 for 30 production, but a documentary. Yeah. Of some kind. It's yeah. just the, the key for it happening is you have to have the testimony of the other side. Otherwise, it's like some hackneyed thing where you're interviewing fans <laughs> and like you're using like the guys who, and it's nothing against people who, you know, spoke at the town halls, but it's just, then it's, it's just, that's you, if you want to do it to me anyway, the right way and you do it like, you know, once upon a time in Queens, so to speak. So it's parts. Right. Yeah. You, you know, first off ESPN had never aired as this person said, um, unless they're no longer in business with the NFL, but something like on Netflix. Yeah. Or the ringer would do something like this with HBO. That, that, uh, is um, impossible to do properly if you do not have the words of Stan Kroenke in the trial or yeah. his deposition, the words of Jerry Jones, the words of Roger Goodell, also the words of Art Modell, you know, the words of whomever, of all these franchises that have moved over the years, the Davises, um, you know, Spanos. This is, you know... I'm going to go off the top of my head here, Jackson, and I know I'm going before your time. In your lifetime, how many baseball teams have moved? I know I'm thinking of one, but I might be missing one. Expos. That's the one I'm thinking of. And then... 
don't think any other ones have moved. There's been expansion teams since I've right. been alive, but no one's moved. Okay. Don't they accept the Expos? Okay. And NBA. Seattle moved to Oklahoma City. You have had the New, New Orleans Jersey. Charlotte yeah, thing. But that was kind of like a name swap. Yeah, the, it's like counting Brooklyn New, and New Jersey. Jersey is like counting the Warriors going to San yeah, Francisco. that's more of a name change than it is right. a change of location. So if you're going to count that, then it's really... You also weird. have the Grizzlies from, from Vancouver. Vancouver but I think, yeah, so that's so two from the NBA that I can think of. And, uh, and then in the NHL. The Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. That's correct. And uh, the Hurricanes and the Whalers. Yeah, I don't know if I was... Yeah, that probably was when I was alive. I just don't remember. I don't know. I don't know when the... Uh, here's my point. And then I go, okay, let's go through the NFL. And I know I'm going back. I got to ask you to go back to 94. And I know you weren't born in 94. And then we just we just go. Yeah, I mean, it would take a while for us. We just go. Yeah. And and then how many times there have been threats oh, yeah. about it. Uh, three, four times a season from different that it's, that it's different organizations. So this is a business model. This uh-huh. is a business plan. Yeah. And they don't want to lose the business because you've had cities held hostage mm-hmm. and politicians held hostage to make sure that they keep these franchises. Yeah. As Doug said, this is, you know, this is Doug Vaughn. Obviously he's 20 years older than me, but growing up, if you don't have an NFL team, you don't feel like you're a major league city. It is a blow to a city's ego. It's the yeah. NFL team. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily the NHL because you can be a kind of smaller city to have an NHL team. And obviously you have Green Bay and that's a, that's kind of a grandfather. That's a, it isn't kind of, it is a grandfathered Green Bay would not get an expansion team in 2021. No shot. That's my premise. Uh, Salt Lake city, um, you know, but that's what the NBA was not what the NBA became and has yeah. become. So with all of that said, I'm hoping the MLS becomes where we're like, oh, thank goodness we got a team yeah. when we did. And mm-hmm. the MLS is like this huge thing. So the NFL, like I said, top 25 market, you have an NFL team or you have one within a few hours. Yeah. Um, St. Louis and Kansas City might be the furthest distance. I don't know how far Portland and Seattle are. I think it's. It probably, it's probably is a about little bit further than it. St. Louis and what, Kansas City. Three and a half, four hours. Yeah. So I think it's a little further. So you just, you, I mean, it's so rare for a size of this market to not have a team. Yeah. And uh, it's been twice. The public sees it as, well, it's because they don't support them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, fa- it's just a false thing. Yeah, it's totally. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just, an, unfortunately, I listen, but I get it. Because if I were, if I were, well, let's say, let's say the Rays moved. Yeah. What would be our, what would our, what would rationale? I, what would I say about yeah. that? I go, oh my God. I mean, they've had great teams, but shit. Yeah. That nobody would ever be there. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it's a terrible building. I mean, that's a nice parallel, except that the Rams were dreadful and the Rays have been great. Yeah. Certainly. Um, so, you know, but you ask people in Tampa about it, it's like, yeah, the building is just like, so, you know, totally out of the way. It's brutal to get to. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible place to watch a baseball game. Yeah. Can you imagine if Bush Stadium was that thing? Oh. Be, uh, yeah, what would the attendance be like? And it wouldn't be three million. Right. So, you know, so we're on the outside looking in. Yeah. And that's, so you can't, I mean, you, it can be frustrating. I can understand being frustrated with the country. The problem is Crocky on his way out, he just lit the building on fire by saying St. Louis is a dying city. No organization can thrive yeah. there. They would lose money. I mean, that was... That was to me, that was like the mob boss 
co- committing. That was his baptism scene. Yeah. And the Godfather, I'm going to take them off. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. And here's my team. Yeah. Salt and, the soil. Yep. And that's, that's exactly right. And, and then we'll get on the plane with Sam Farmer and tell everybody how we committed the hits. He was, Sam Farmer would be a great part of that. Yeah. Uh, the document. I don't know if that, I mean, I, I, I talked with Sam quite a bit when I was going to the town halls. Uh, I think he was a guest at times. Mm-hmm. Great guy. And you consider, oh, he has no this or that, and he's in there. He's covering the Rams. Yeah. If you write about this thing, how is it going to be covering the Rams? If you're the LA Times and you start writing about this thing, we can get mad about it, mm-hmm. but it's a, you know, and I don't know. I don't know how to handle this, the situation if you're in that spot. No, it's it's super difficult. But I don't want to cast aspersions. No, and I, I was on it. Be, to say. No, I, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because there's a, there, there's a, there's a story. I mean, hey, St. Louis took the Rams. Uh huh. You know, in order for these franchises to move, you know, there, there's St. Louis has blood on it. St. Louis has blood on its hands for the lease. St. Louis has blood yeah. on its hands for the Cardinals leaving. St. Louis has blood on its hands for the handling of the expansion mm-hmm. debacle with mm-hmm. what was going to be the St. Louis Stallions and became the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And as I said on the radio show today, I'm sure the NFL would have much rather had the St. Louis Stallions than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah. You know, because uh, now they're dealing with what the hell they're going to do with the, Jags. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Right. So. With all of that said on this, uh, there's another question on this. Um, what are the odds that Daniel Wallach, who was our guest mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago and has gained great recognition here locally, the podcast host of Gone Conduct Detrimental, uh, and Mike Florio's recent reporting were actually planted by the NFL to A, drum up interest in St. Louis for potential expansion team and or B, support their recent motion about negative press in St. Louis that would justify um, a change of venue. Um, and then somebody has responded to that post and said, I don't doubt Florio is just doing his job. I've been increasingly skeptical of the conduct detrimental boys and what their angle is. Hopefully they just got in early on what will inevitably become real news and their little podcast will explode. So it's a good question. It's kind of an awkward question because I'm now having to get into the spot of where I'm kind of passing judgment on media, uh-huh. kind of like the farmer thing. And it's just not, because no. I get it. Yeah, you might not like it, but I get it. You know. Um, so, with that said, on my answer to that is no. My answer is I do not think they are NFL plants. I absolutely do not I, at all. As a matter of fact, Florio has been rogue uh, on this topic for a while. That's his whole book that's coming out. Yeah, it's about that. Kind so of stuff. that's just the way he is, and uh, the NFL kind of like shits on him by saying, oh, he's just doing it for clicks. That's the way to like dismiss him. You can't uh-huh. count Florio because, you know, so Florio doesn't get tips on that kind of stuff. Florio Florio's never going to be Adam Schefter uh-uh. because he's going to, he no. bur- he's burned all the bridges. Yeah. Uh, and then what do I think is going on? Daniel Wallach and uh, what's the other gentleman's name? Dan, Dan, Lust. Dan Lust. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah, I guess I'm going to be on their podcast. Um, uh, I guess they're doing like a town hall like Wednesday night. Nine o'clock, Jackson. I'll be hopped up on sleeping pills when I'm appearing on <laughs> podcasts. I'll have to delay my uh, sleep meds. But um, what I think happened there, do absolutely not think they are plants or doing the NFL's work. What I think happened there is they talked about it because they saw Florio's tweet, the the, the dominoes I talked about. Yeah, yeah. And we then had him on, mm-hmm. and. He got, as he, I don't know if you saw his tweet yesterday, everything changed yeah. on September 21st when I appeared with at T McKernan on at TMA on September 21st, I think is what yeah. it was. Um, 
and they recognized all the traffic they got. They had a podcast. It's kind of, you know, like we were looking TMA's podcast numbers are, they were higher. I don't know if we have talked about this. Mm. I don't necessarily, it doesn't change my income, doesn't change your income, but mm. we have access to the data. Uh, the second highest month in, uh, the last two years is it yeah. was August of 2021, the highest month in the last two years, September, 2021. Yeah. Um, now we're not doing content for the sake of no. that. Cause like I said, it doesn't know if somebody said, Hey, here's a $25,000 bonus. If you get this, be like, Oh, I guess I got to be cognizant of it. Um, but you know, the, uh, these guys, I think, had a podcast they were doing kind of as a passion play. Yeah. And all of a sudden they got a bunch of traffic once they started talking about the St. Louis lawsuit. And now they are seeing that they have kind of cornered the market on something that there is yeah. demand for. It's yeah. pure economics applied to communications. It's how TMA was born. I looked around. I'm in my 20s and I'm going, there's no sports talk radio in the market for people who don't really want to hear beat writers interviewed. No disrespect to beat writers, but that's all sports talk radio in St. Louis is. It's, well, the Cardinals are taking on the Pirates tonight, and joining us right now is so-and-so from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to talk about the Pirates. Yeah. Now, this is fucking brutal. Yeah. How are people listening to this shit? No. Um, so I think that's what happened with these guys, and I get that. Now, it would be a problem if they are reporting things inaccurately. If anything, Wallach has been digging in and pulling documents. Yeah. So this is not... Yeah, he's taking this... This is yeah, what he's that, doing. that the NFL, I don't think, has happy to have out there. So no. I don't, I don't view it like Probably that at all. On their side, I, I, yeah, I don't view, I don't view it like that at all. I think they recognize they have stumbled into something that has a lot of uh, legs. Yeah, and then Florio is starting to cite them, and that is building up their brand. But yeah. they are not saying shit for the sake of saying it. They are pulling legal documents yeah. and, and right or doing research. Yeah, and. Because that's what they do. Exactly. So uh, I don't I don't see it that way at all. And if I am wrong, I will have to own it. But I do not see that in that way at all. Um, Will the NFL owners turn over their financial records? Also, will we the people get to see them? Um, I just still think this thing's getting settled. Uh, So operating on that premise, my answer would be no. Yeah. Now, if it doesn't get settled. I don't know. Yeah, so much changes if, if right. it, it doesn't get if it goes to trial. There's so much that's in play that happened that you can't predict anything. Um, I welcome your. I mean, this is something. I mean, I guess this is kind of like uh, talking about it with the Conduct Detrimental Podcast guys. This has kind of been our thing as well. And I and I listen. I I really I don't even. It's, it comes off the wrong way, and I'm not intending to. Um, but I'm so fucking unlikable that no matter what I do, <laughs> it comes off the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really a source of, it's like when I talk about sound story, we just did a sound story before recording this and I just love doing them. And I yeah. sit here and I watch this 90 year old guy we just interviewed mm-hmm. tell his story. He's getting emotional as he's telling these stories. And I'm just like, I'm so fucking lucky to be able to do this. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking is he's getting emotional telling these stories, mm-hmm. some deep stories too. And and, and, and it's coming from a pure place, but I know it can come off the wrong way. I guess it can. I don't know why or how, but I guess it's just how I come off. So I recognize that I come off poorly. <laughs> uh, so I say this sincerely. I'm glad I'm in the position I'm in for this with regards to the St. Louis and the NFL thing, because it does needs to be, it does need to be covered. Yeah. It just, it does. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud. And it wasn't me. It was us on the show that we were on this thing for so long and that 
we had Mike Florio on and he tweeted that out and then it's had this domino effect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's a source of pride because our questions weren't coming from, oh, this will be good for our show. No. It doesn't fucking matter. No. It just doesn't matter, man. It just doesn't. No. And I and I get people saying, well, it's got to matter. It just doesn't matter. I'm telling you, I know my contract. It doesn't. It has night. We could become whatever. The no, We actually could become the number one rated show in St. Louis, even though KFNS unsubscribed to Nielsen rating, so it's impossible. But it's not like all of a sudden I get a bonus. There's just nothing. Jackson didn't get anything. I didn't get anything. Doug didn't get anything. Nobody gets anything. It was, it's an ethical obligation to cover stories, whether they're popular or unpopular. And yeah. it was unpopular when we were covering it the first four years and the Rams would play a game and people would tune in and we go, well, it doesn't matter. They're moving. Uh, and now it's popular, but we've been consistent because you do the right thing. Yeah. And this is the right thing to talk about it, whether it's good or bad. And somebody, I posted a link to a story and it wasn't necessarily positive for St. Louis's side. I think I did this within the last week. And I think somebody was like, why are you posting that? And I go, well, this isn't, this isn't Fox News or MSNBC, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. We got to paint the whole picture. This is the story. Yeah. And so this is what they're saying. This is what they're saying. So here, yeah. deal with that. Yeah. Because, you know. That's journalism. That's That's telling the responsibility. Sides of the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if I were sitting here going, St. Louis doesn't have anything, or this was done honorably, and this is St. Louis because this is the kind of the Kansas City talking point. And I don't know if that's because Clark Hunt's now dragged into it. But it's so all you're just bitter. Get over it. It's like, okay, you know. If that's what you think it is, feel free. Mm -hmm. But you might really look bad here in the next year or two when this all comes out. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to talk about whining about shit? You know, I don't know. Take your What is a St. Louis thing that gets whined about? Think of something here, Jackson, because I'm sure we can name 10. And I'm trying to think of like whether it be a sports thing or just something in general, you know. Uh, that people in St. Louis whine about? Yeah. I don't know what the hell it would be. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, Don Dinkager, but that's 13 years before you're born, yeah. uh, legitimately did cause a world championship. <laughs> so it's, it's tough to kind of call that whining. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens it involves Kansas City. Um, I don't know. Like when people complained about the infield fly rule, like they're all calling the Cardinals only one because the infield fly rule. Everybody around the country was saying the infield fly rule. Mm -hmm. But in St. Louis, it was, no, no, we won because of, you know, we were the better team, Yeah, which I think is where the Kansas City inferiority complex came from because they had their own infield fly rule with the uh, Denkinger call. So the premise being, this isn't an inferiority complex thing. This isn't a whining thing. Understandably, because the franchise was so bad and whether or not that was a concocted major league scam and as I'm talking about the movie in Major League, Rachel Phelps, or yeah. it just played out that way, they certainly weren't drafting for the 2015 season when they drafted Todd Gurley. Um, nope. You know, and, and the, dra the quality of the draft picks. But you have to understand, Crocky wasn't the majority owner until after 2010. So, you know, when you look at like Ty Hill and, the you know, he's my height and he's covering Calvin Johnson, uh, you know, yeah. you can't blame that on Stan Crocky and, yeah. and a scam. So with all of that said, there is so much here. I'm happy to talk about it because I think it opens people's eyes. But now at this point, locally, I think people's eyes are open. Yep. Now the responsibility is to open up the eyes around the country. Yep. And um, and now there are other people with much bigger audiences nationally, globally, that are able to do that. And then people keep going, well, they lost a franchise. They, and they didn't have anything. They stole the Rams from L.A., so fuck them. It's like, okay, that's fine. It's fine. Nobody's arguing that point. Nobody's arguing that point. Yeah. This isn't about, and also isn't about the lease. This is about the NFL and its guidelines with cities. Yeah. And then just rolling right over them 
So essentially, they can go to every market they want and hold them up and put the gun to their head. And if you don't dance, they kill you. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yep. That's what this is about. So that to me is the hook for a 30 for 30. That is the hook for this. This isn't going like, okay, here's this hideously crappy NFL franchise that moved and had an empty building and moved back to their original home. That's not a story. Yeah. The story is the way NFL franchises have been bouncing around yeah. for the last 25 years. That's the story. And then how gross it was in order yeah. to pull it off. And what that's happens? where it gets titillating. Yeah. They don't, they stories? do not want that out there, no. which is why, unfortunately, I would imagine for most of you listening, I think this will get settled. Now, the question is, does it get settled with an NFL team? That's the question. Yeah. That's the question. Yep. And I, I I personally would love it. Now, I know when you start getting, you have St. Louis in on St. Louis and crime where people go, screw that. They, do you want to get back into bed with them? And I, and I get that. I don't, dis, I don't disregard it, even if I'm on the other side of it. I would like to see an NFL team back here. Um, and another thing that gets talked about, and I should make sure I address, because to me it kind of seems obvious. It's how we actually got on the Bezos conversation on the radio show. Is, well, who, what billionaire in St. Louis would buy? It doesn't fucking matter. It won't be a billionaire in St. Louis no. unless it's the DeWitts or uh, the Taylors. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's all you got. It doesn't need that. There are plenty of people in the world who would like to own an NFL team. Yeah. They don't give a damn what city it's right. The terms of course have to be there in St. Louis. Yeah. That's the deal. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the deal. And I just don't know. I don't know. The one thing that I suppose would make the most sense if you want to play out NFL team in St. Louis is Spanos sells. NFL moves Chargers to St. Louis. Cronky winds up happy. Yeah. Shit. Because now he's got LA to himself, but now he's got to peel off the money for the stadium in St. Louis and the practice facility yep. as his indemnification and the legal. Uh huh. But he's got LA to himself. Yeah. And in the end of the day, fuck it. Yeah. He's fine. I'm fine. And now I got Los Angeles to yeah. myself, which is my opinion is worth a hell of a lot more than whatever Sherry's got from Spanos and and the Chargers, which I don't 100%. think are a hot sell, mm -mm. even though they're it, like one of the best teams. Right, in the it doesn't matter. Yeah. You got to be, you got to have, you know, you're up against LeBron, you're up against the defending world champions who are, you know, currently as Jackson and I are talking in the NLDS. Yep. Um, you know, within the last decade, the Kings have won the Cup. It's just whoever is hot, and you have the weather. Yep. You know, so yeah. that's what you're up against. So two NFL teams when the weather is perfect there. Uh, that's going to be tough. So that to me is the thing that would make the most sense. And whatever billionaire buys them and Hey, listen, here's the deal. You might want to, you know, you can, you can live in San Diego, New York, Palm beach, whatever the fuck or whatever Lake Como, it doesn't matter. The franchise that you own is going to be in St. Louis. Yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. And, uh, I just don't know if I can really see it playing out. But to me, that's because otherwise you're talking about an expansion team, which means you're cutting the pie another, another 33rd. Yeah. And I just don't know if that's the deal. And then they're not going to go with 33 teams. I don't they're, think. They need a second one to, right. to make it even. Right. Yeah. So now you're cutting it by. Even more. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's why I just don't. But hey, man, it absolutely has people going. And, 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 and we would talk about it a couple of years ago. Oh, fuck. Why are you guys talking about this? It's not going to go anywhere. Well, here we are, yeah. you know, three months. So, shit. you know, I don't know. I've, I've, I've had some, I've had some good shots called on this podcast <laughs> over the last four years, 
but I don't hit all of them, man. I was betting, I was betting listeners the Cardinals wouldn't go to the playoffs, and I had to peel off eight hundred dollars to two different guys, or four hundred to two different guys, eight hundred total. Um, fortunately, I was able to bet the Cardinals in the meantime to win. Yeah, but still, I would have been like, I don't know what I made on it, like fifteen hundred dollars. It would have been nice to just keep the fifteen hundred as opposed to Venmo out the eight. Yeah, but uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't, th- I don't. But see, that's the thing. I guess if you play poker, the the intuition, like there's a guy from St. Louis, his name's Pat Walsh. I don't think I'm saying anything here because he's won a World Series of Poker bracelet. And I was asking one of my friends who's also great, and I said, "What? How's how how?" Because he's just, he's, it's a pot limit Omaha too, which is like mm-hmm. no limit hold them on crack. Yeah. And the guy goes, he just always knows whether or not the guy has it. And I'm just like, well, fuck, there's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. there's the answer. Yeah. And so if you're sitting there and you're playing the game and people are playing cards, that's great. You know, yeah, you're going to get beat sometimes because the guy's going to outdraw you. But if he's sitting there and everything's in the middle and he's just looking at you and you're looking across at him and you're going, it doesn't matter what I do. This motherfucker knows whether yeah. or not I'm bluffing or whether or not I got it. Mm-hmm. Then you stand no chance in the Th- long run. That's the sixth sense. Yeah. And so, you know, whether it be, you know, going, hey, in the next month or so, the feelings on Drinkwitz are going to be changing. And whether it's because he's going to be the hot item in the off season for somebody or because it's not going to go as well as you think it's going to go. Um, the January 6th thing which some people know what I'm talking about immediately. Others consider to be a fictitious event. Um, you know, take your pick of political candidates that we've been on <laughs> in a major way here, yeah. uh, who somehow may be rising from the dead and back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's been, we've had some good calls here. But recently I said, I'll bet you motherfuckers and, and I'll take bets on the Cardinals going to the playoffs and I will give you even better odds than you would get in Las Vegas. And I had to Venmo at $100. So it's not like I hit on them all, man. No. So just because I, uh, just because I, you know, have been right on, I guess, more than I've been wrong on doesn't mean I'm right all of the time. So if you ask me to bet, I say, I think that the, that this will be settled. Do I want it to be settled? Sure. If it's an NFL team, yeah, if it's exactly. like just a, a, a lump sum of money, I'd rather it go to trial. That's my own 100% selfish interest. I would like to see that. But is it in the city's best interest? No. If it's settled and it doesn't have to go through years of appeals and the city gets a lump sum of money, that's probably in the best interest of the city. Even though I know what immediately people say, and I don't blame you, by the way, going, oh, good, it's in the hands of our local leaders. (laughs) Yeah. You know, maybe if the local leaders were different than who, you know, is in and take your pick. I don't know. Who I've said this on the podcast, I don't know how many times since we started in 2017, who lo- is a local leader, and I'm talking about all applied to the U.S. Senate, uh, all the way on down to, you know, whomever at a local level, that you go, yeah, yeah I really like I, I don't think him it, or her. It doesn't matter the leadership in St. Louis, I think it's people Yeah, and, that, and that's so it. unfortunate. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that you've probably heard here, Jackson, now that you've been in on some sound stories. Mm-hmm. You hear how these older people... Yeah. We'll talk about how divided we are and, and politicians, Yep. you know, yeah, it, it, and how it used to not be that way. That's, and those are people who lived through the sixties. Every yeah. one of these people have been in it, lived through oh, the sixties yeah. and yeah. they're saying that. That's, that doesn't hold a candle. So that, uh, that gives you an idea. So anyway, I think we stayed on basically one topic here, even though we have more, send your emails in and got plenty more. Uh, I'm happy to talk about this anytime, but this kind of becomes our thing. I'm, I mean, listen, it, it, it fascinates me 
to no end. It's why I went out to Oakland. It's why I went out to San Diego. It's why I went to Inglewood. It's why I went to Carson. And I just knew it was it's like when like Mayor Butts, who was the mayor of Inglewood, who I think since, I don't know if he still is. Um, you look that up while I'm, and I was supposed to meet him at the Inglewood stadium site. And all of a sudden the day before he's not available. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll stick around. Is he still? Because he had a scandal going on. I believe with the actually, I know it was with the woman who was emailing me saying he wasn't available. Is he still mayor? Uh, James yeah. Butts. He is. Perfect. James James T. Butts. Absolutely. Is, yeah. So he's the guy. The night he was elected in 2014 or 2015 or reelected. 2014 with an 84 percent vote. Yeah. I mean, I got stories, bro. I got stories. <laughs> 2014, in the Inglewood Times, or whatever the fuck it was called, dead serious. That's how I knew. See, that's what I'm saying. This isn't like, I'm not Nostradamus. Yeah. I see the thing, and I'm going, something is clearly wrong. So he gets reelected as mayor, or he wins as mayor. I think he got reelected. Whatever year it was, it, it had to be 2015 or 14. 14. It was. Okay, so 14. you got that? Yeah. And there's an article, there, the, Inglewood has its own newspaper. And they quote him online saying, and tomorrow I am meeting with owners of an NFL franchise at his, he's all hopped up. He just won re-election. And so he blurts this shit out. Yeah. Somebody sends me the link. Cause it's not like I'm, I get up in the morning and go, well, let me see what's going <laughs> yeah. on in Inglewood. Pop open the Inglewood Right. Time. Somebody sends me a link to it. We talk about it on the show. Within an hour, it's gone. Mm. Not a coincidence. Jeez. I know. And to me, it's like, yeah, I've known this shit for years. And we talked about it. It's not like this is the first time I'm talking about uh -huh. it. But you see that and you go, okay, I know what's going on. And you know what happened. You, what, what do you think happened? I'll ask you. Just make sure it's so obvious. But what do you think happened? Yeah, they got back to him. We're like, oh, you got to put the guy. We got to pretend that didn't happen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then I'm out in L.A. And I've got it all set up. I'm meeting James Butts. James yeah. T. Butts, yeah. I believe. James T. Butts. All right. Here. Yes. At the stadium site. October 2015, the day before, uh, type in James T. Butts scandal, okay? Because I'll, I'll connect the dots here. I'm on a heater and the in the ultrasounds in 13 minutes, so I'm gonna have to wrap it up. Uh, let me read what I see. The name, yeah, go ahead. Because the former assistant and ex-girlfriend of Englewood Mayor James T. Butts. What's her name? Does she have, do you have the name? Uh, because she's in my email inbox. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, England. Uh, for some reason, it's like Desiree or something. Melanie McDay. No. Uh, well, doesn't matter. The point <laughs> is, the point on the story is she was the one emailing me saying that he would not be available. Okay. Yeah. The, the day before. Mm. Now, I did meet with the Carson mayor and then they did give me a tour of the Carson site, which was a landfill uh, and still probably is. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I go to the Inglewood site and I'm like, wow, they're like, yes demoing here and it looks like they're might be getting ready to build here. What are they building? Uh, that's interesting. Um, and he was going to give me a tour. I had set it up through, I believe whoever the lady is who resigned, Yeah. who, as it turned out, he had an affair with. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it wasn't, maybe he wasn't married at the time. Either way he had a relationship with. Yes. So, uh, I respond by saying, Oh, that's fine. I can stay in Los Angeles for another few days. Uh, she goes, oh, he won't be available the next day either. And I said, okay, I can stay in Los Angeles for the next month. <laughs> yeah, just throw it out there. <laughs> Shoving yeah. them all in the middle because yeah. I already know what's going on. Yeah, it's so clear and evident. And no response. That was the end of my communication with 
the lady referenced in the now Wikipedia page, I would imagine, of the mayor. Uh, why? What happened there? The same phone line that called them back on November of 2014 said, this motherfucker is out there and he's looking for trouble. Do not, under any circumstances, give him a tour of the stadium yeah, site. And I'm do not do so. an interview with him yeah. under any circumstances. You have your assistant cancel that and he is not available. And I was told he's on like some metro transit force that he had meetings for. And it was over. Yeah. So when you see that going on in 2015, when you see that going on when he gets reelected in 2014, when you see Stan Kroenke sit there in 2012 and me and Doug go, Rams are moving. Yeah. You can't turn a blind eye to it. No. It might be uncomfortable because now you're going up against people in power. But you have an obligation to be honest with your audience. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like I got inside word. I just see the tells. And the tells are so screamingly obvious, which are the same tells on how do I know when a politician is going to wind up being a piece of shit? And I know, you, oh, they're all pieces of shit. But I'm talking about like at a level that you go, oh, my God. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. They have behavioral patterns. So you see the behavioral patterns and you go, well, this is the behavioral pattern of the previous piece of shit. And this piece of shit is practicing this behavioral pattern. This isn't this isn't wizardry I'm practicing here. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. obvious. So I'm looking at that and I'm going now, if the, if the Inglewood Times, whatever the newspaper was, doesn't delete it, I would have gone, OK, well, maybe this guy's just meeting, you know, who knows? Yeah. But they deleted it, yeah. which meant they were scared. It's the same shit they're doing now with the confidential emails somehow getting in the hands of papers. You know, they're scared. It should be, if you're a St. Louisan, a good thing. Because I'm telling you, I see the tells again. I just, that doesn't mean, just because there are tells of fear, it doesn't mean that they're going to wind up giving St. Louis an NFL team. Doesn't mean that they won't. It just doesn't, you can't just because now people are writing about it. It doesn't mean that it's real. That's what I'm saying. So, with all of that said, I hope I gave you some stuff. I think I did. Yeah, I think. Is that good and juicy for you, Jackson? <laughs> I think some people are going to be enjoying this one. Yeah. Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. Seth Goldcamp and his staff will take great care of you. Design Air Heating and Cooling is online at designairservice.com. Inevitably, right around October 20th, the weather turns and it doesn't turn back. And uh, right now, though, man, I look at this forecast, bees, knees yeah, this super weekend. Strong, super strong. Woo, St. Gabriel's School picnic. Oh, is that this weekend? That's right. Wow. It is going to be prime. Um, yeah, usually in June. So it is uh, It is uh, golden this weekend. Uh, but when it turns rough, design air, heating, and cooling. Let Seth Goldcamp and his staff take great care of you. Designairservice.com. And Mark Hanna of Evergreenwell Strategies. Jackson, I always yield to you because you're actually working yeah. with Mark. I work with Mark more as like an advisor. He is actually your guy. Yeah. And so you can tell us why you are a fan. Well, and I think that's what you said there, an advisor, because that's what he is. You know, he advises you. He's not going to just say, here's, here's what you're going to do. This is the best thing for you. He's going to explain it. He's going to teach you. He's going to educate you on what plan or what strategy is going to be best for you for your future. And I think that's really, really important because... It gives you so much more clarity. It takes so much stress off of you to understand what you're doing with your money, uh, especially for something so as important as saving for your future. And Mark really, really, really does a great job with educating people, letting them know what their best option is. And he helps people at any stage of life. You know, I'm just getting started. I just got a you know, job, making a little money. He's explaining to me what the best strategies are to save that money and, uh, you know, 
not have those worries down the future. But he'll take care of you if you're you know, your 30s, 40s, any stage of life. Mark can help you out because he's so talented and he's such a good person to talk to. I love talking to Mark every single time I talk to him, whether it be calling him for the radio show or just talking to him in general because he's a cool guy and really, really, really good at what he does. So if you don't have somebody, if you're just going to plan on figuring this stuff out later down the road, don't do that. Please don't. Instead, call Mark Hanna, have him take care of you. And if you do have someone already, please consider making the switch because Mark really is that good. 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, so there it is. Uh, tale, tales, tales from the scum. <laughs> Tales, tales from the creep. That's tales, all. Ta- tales, tales from, from the, the creep. creep. People are gonna open it up and go. Good. Tim's gonna talk about threesomes. Yeah. No, I got nothing for you. I got an ultra. You know what I got? I got an ultrasound in nine minutes. That's what I got. So I gotta go. This has been the Tim McCurnett Show from the Home Loan Expert, uh, Home Loan Expert dot Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors, we're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.